0: Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. All right, what's up everybody? Great to see you. I'm Pastor Tim. I want to welcome you back to the series we're calling God is Greater Than Cancer. This is part two of the series. And last week was pretty emotional. I shared with you the story of my own family's cancer journey. And in fact, this week, a lot of you shared yours. In case you missed it, we are giving away a free CD at the end of today's service of last week's message. So you can grab a copy, pass it on to a friend or send them to liquidchurch.com. They can can listen online. We had a lot of requests for that. But today um, is a great day. Uh, We are going to pray at every single liquid service at every single campus for anybody who wants healing prayer. This is going to be a real special day. We've cleared some room here at our broadcast campus in Morristown to do that. So if you are, or somebody uh, you love, you're here today and you're suffering, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual element of any kind, um, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit really to minister to you in, in, a, in a neat way today, in a personal way. And um, we kicked off the series last week really by looking at the, uh, this heart-wrenching story of Hezekiah, this ancient king of Israel, who was struck with a deadly disease. You remember this? He was 39 years old, prime of his life, righteous man, loved the Lord, served his people. But at the age of 39, he was given this devastating diagnosis. It says, next slide, put your house in order because you are going to die, you will not recover. Now, anybody who has sat across from their doctor or their oncologist knows the punch that's kind of packed in these words. Get your affairs in order because your time is short. This is actually terminal, you will not recover. Now we don't know precisely what disease Hezekiah had. The Bible here we saw says a a boil or a lump, maybe a tumor of some kind, but it was a devastating diagnosis at 39. And I told you about my dad who was diagnosed with lymphoma at age 59 and how his prognosis just kinda knocked the breath out of our family. The doctor said, "Uh, Mr. Lucas, your cancer is very aggressive. Um, you know, it's, it's something that's not curable. Four months, four years, we don't know how long you have. And like Hezekiah, our reaction was very human. It says that Hezekiah wept bitterly, which is the natural response to a grave health crisis. But this is where faith comes in. Because what we saw last week is that instead of wringing his hands or going for second opinions, Hezekiah responded with passionate prayer, a very bold prayer of faith. And if you have a moment... Read Isaiah 38 this week. That's actually a prayer journal that Hezekiah kept during his illness. It's the coolest thing. We don't have time to go into it. But basically, Hezekiah kept a memoir of his illness and recovery. Let me read you an excerpt from Isaiah 38. It says, a writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, after his illness and recovery. I said, in the prime of my life, must I go through the gates of death and be robbed of the rest of my ears? Like anybody who has been impacted by the big C cancer or serious illness, Hezekiah was devastated. I mean, his health crisis hit him in the prime of life, and he didn't hide his anguish. He actually poured out his heart to God. And in verse 14, it says this, I cried like a swift or thrush. I moaned like a mourning dove. My eyes grew weak as I looked to the heavens. I'm being threatened. Let's read these words. Ready, church? Lord, come to my aid. That's a passionate prayer. It's desperation, it's sorrow, it's faith all mixed together. It's very raw and heartfelt. And the beauty of his story is that the Lord heard Hezekiah's prayer and responded with these very personal words. He says, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, and I will what? I will heal you, I will add 15 years to your life. God makes this miraculous promise. He says, I'm going to extend your life, Hezekiah, by a decade and a half, which is precisely what the Lord did with my father, Del Lucas. I shared with you how my dad was diagnosed in February 1999, and our family began praying this prayer. Plus 15. God, would you add 15 years to my dad's life like Hezekiah? And over those years, God did more than we asked or imagined. You know, using a combination of medicine and chemo and and prayer, God graciously just kind of blew past my father's original prognosis of four months, four years, and extended my dad's life by 15 years and one month exactly. I showed you a picture of my mom's Bible. You see the date, February 1999. That was the date of my dad's biopsy when they first began praying. And praise God, he did more than we asked or imagined. Like Hezekiah, God really performed a miracle with medicine in our family's life. It says in Kings that this, they applied a, a paste made of figs to Hezekiah's boil or his tumor, and he recovered. And what we realized last week is, wow, faith and science can coexist. They're actually not in conflict. Faith and medicine complement one another. The idea is that as we petition God for healing through prayer, God often responds to our faith using medicine and gifted healers to restore health to his people. So understand when we pray for miraculous healing, that does healing. That does not negate medical treatment. It's just the opposite. Passionate prayer is basically the fuel behind a believer's recovery. And the Lord is honestly, He is free to choose whatever way He wants to heal His people. Amen. Do you believe that? See, in the Old Testament, God revealed His name to His people. He said, "My name is Jehovah Rapha. I'm the Lord who heals you." The Lord God's a healer, and in Christ, God is greater than any cancer or anything else this world throws at us. So, if you or someone you love is struggling today, I want to encourage you no matter how dire your diagnosis, God actually hears your prayer. He sees your tears. And watch this He has promised every single Christian, I will heal you. Listen to me. Whether it's a miracle of healing in this life, instantaneous or gradual, or the ultimate healing that awaits us in the life to come. The answer to a prayer for healing in the life of every Christian is yes. Either yes now or yes later. <laughs> See, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we believe that on the cross, what did Jesus accomplish? He defeated Satan, he defeated sin, and then he, by rising from the dead, he defeated death. And what that means is as a follower of Jesus, you have the promise, the guarantee of complete healing in heaven, all right? But right now, we're awaiting the return of Jesus. And so we're, when we pray for a healing, we are asking God, would you allow the miraculous to break into our world? We're praying the way Jesus taught us to pray. May your kingdom come where? On earth as it is in where? Heaven. So when the kingdom breaks through, it's basically your future breaking into the present. That's why we call it a miracle. It doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, praise God, you get a glimpse right now of the future healing that is guaranteed later in heaven. It's a marvelous thing when that happens, and it happens. In Isaiah 38, Hezekiah writes this in his journal. Look at these words. He says, Lord, you restored me to health and you let me live. And they said, surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. Can you imagine? He looks back and actually praises God for his ordeal. In your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction. The living, the living, they praise you as I'm doing today. Parents tell their children about your faithfulness. In other words, Hezekiah's health test becomes this testimony of God's grace for future generations. I'm telling you my family's testimony. You're going to have your own different kind of testimony. For 15 years, the Lucas family prayed the prayer of Hezekiah, saw God conquer cancer. He overcame our fear, I think, was even greater. He added 15 years to my dad's life and life to our years of family. It was a marvelous work. And so we've been praying that God's going to do something amazing in your life as well. And I understand your test may be different, okay? Your disease may be different. You're here. You've got something totally different going on or maybe you're listening online. Maybe you're not even suffering physical illness, Maybe it's a mental or an emotional affliction. It doesn't matter. When you press in through prayer, when you come to Christ and say, I'm giving you my body, my soul, my mind, cleanse me, God will draw close and he will pour out his love and power in a unique way. And your test can become a testimony like Hezekiah, like the ones we received this week via email. I had a ton of stories got sent in to healing at liquidchurch.com. Our church, you need to know this if you're new, our church is full of people who have been blessed by God's healing touch. We heard from Ed and Carol this week. This was kind of cool. An older couple who said this. Tim, thanks for the great encouragement to us cancer victims. In our case, survivors of bladder for me, breast for my wife. The verse we both owned during our surgeries and recoveries was Zephaniah 317. You know that one? The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. I still quote it daily in my devotions. Is that cool? Praise God for Ed and Carol. That is awesome. Listen to this testimony from the parents of a little boy. Uh, two years ago, my son Jake was diagnosed with stage four neuroblastoma at the age of six months. It's spread—that's six, six months. It spread to his liver, surrounding lymph nodes, and also his aorta, making a large part of the mass inoperable. We were devastated. We had teams of people praying for him around the clock. Well, despite his initial diagnosis, every piece of news we received afterwards was good. It was not an aggressive tumor and only had to endure a few months of chemotherapy. He's now almost three, and doctors are confident his cancer will not return. I honestly believe that God used this crisis as an opportunity to bring my family closer to him, and we are forever grateful. Can you imagine that? Saying you were grateful for that kind of painful test? I mean, the joy of a miraculous recovery. Again, we understand that doesn't happen for everybody in this life. Parents still lose children, we still have the the work of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy, but we believe that our God actually bends sickness to his ultimate plan of redemption and uses it to bring glory to Christ, amen? Not always, but we want to see it happen more and more, okay? So if you have a story of healing, would you, praise God, send it our way at at healingatliquidchurch.com, let us know, and if the healing hasn't come, tell us your prayers so we can be praying for you. Today, again, we're going to pray live for every single person at every campus and who wants to receive prayer. Our pastors, our spiritual care team are here today. They are going to lay hands on you and invite the Holy Spirit just to come and minister to you, and that's going to be at the end of this service, so you can get ready and be preparing in your heart to come forward in faith. But this is really where our series takes a turn, because in the Old Testament, God reveals himself Jehovah Rapha, but in the New Testament, God says, I have a different name. I'm revealing myself through Jesus Christ, my only son. And today, I want to look at the gospel of Matthew just to whet your appetite. I've been praying for you all week behind your back. I want to see God quicken your faith and just see that God's desire is to heal. When Jesus ministered, he really had two focuses, preaching and healing. Matthew 9, look how Matthew describes his ministry. And you can follow along in your notes there. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming or preaching the good news of the kingdom and what? healing every disease and sickness. So Jesus had two occupations. Jesus was a preacher and Jesus was a healer. In other words, he preached the good news of the kingdom. Kingdom just means where the king dominates, where God gets his way, where what God says I want done is done. And it's interesting because when I look at and then he healed, he demonstrated the power of that reality. Now, when I look at my life in ministry, I kind of see a similar pattern at work, because I was a teacher for the first eight years of my life. I actually taught uh, high school English, and that was kind of where God uh, helped me cut my teeth on teaching. And then preaching, I've been preaching for the last 12 years. I appreciate you enduring that. But it's, this, is, this is like the first 20 years, okay, of my ministry life. But healing is a new level of ministry that I've been asking God to release in the life of our church, to really lead us into, not for our glory, but for His because Jesus was a healer. He says, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you authority. You're going to be able to heal in my name. We, we don't have any magic powers, but when Jesus is present, guess what happens? Power is released. Jesus healed yesterday, and Jesus is the same today and forever. I believe God heals today. Do you believe that? He gave his disciples this mandate. I want you now to do the same thing. I want you to teach and preach and talk about the kingdom, and I want you to heal. So let's just look at a quick survey here of Matthew 8. I have been reading Matthew chapter by chapter just to prepare my heart for the series and say, God, would you give me eyes to understand the healing ministry of Jesus? And then what do you want to do here at Liquid Church? And it's incredible because I'm like, Jesus rarely preached a sermon without healing somebody afterwards, (laughs) it's very rare. Basically, what he did is he preached the word of God, God will forgive your sins if you come to me, and then he demonstrates the works of God. Here's what a broken, healed life looks like. The word and the works, proclamation, demonstration of God's power to heal. So look here in Matthew 8, this is like the first record of Jesus' double-barreled approach, and it says this. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, so he just preached, he gave the Beatitudes, famous sermon, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand. He touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was what? He was cleansed of his leprosy. Now, leprosy was a contagious skin condition. And notice Jesus didn't put on a mask. He didn't cross the street to avoid the guy. Oh, Erica. Instead, he reaches out. And he touches the man, and boom, there's healing in his hands. In other words, Jesus came to show that God's greater than leprosy. See, wherever Jesus goes, healing is actually in his hand and breaks out. If you keep reading, look what happens. It says, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home. What's his problem? He's paralyzed. He's suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, let's read together. Shall I come and what? Heal him. Whenever Jesus sees somebody suffering, his default response is, do you want to be healed? Can I help? He didn't even care if the guy's his enemy. This guy's a Roman centurion. He works for the enemy. (laughs) But Jesus says, your butler is is suffering. Guy's paralyzed. He's in bed or a wheelchair. And he says, shall I come and heal him? And it's amazing because the centurion, who's not even a believer, he's like, I'm going to save you the trip. You don't even have to come. Just say the word and he'll be healed. I believe you have that authority, Jesus. You have that kind of faith? Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was what? Healed at that moment. Healing was in the hands of Jesus, in his words. And he came to show that God is actually greater than paralysis. Whenever Jesus saw suffering, he saw the work of Satan's sin in the fall. And he said, I've come to bring God's kingdom to earth, down from heaven. I want to give you a picture of what your future looks like when God gets his way. And the lame walked and the blind saw. So whatever the hurt was, Whether it was a big C cancer or a little C, the common cold, Jesus didn't care. He said, my default posture, I'm revealing God to you and God's desire is to heal. Look at verse 14. It says, when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. And Peter was like, praise God, I don't got to deal with my mother-in-law. No, that didn't happen. No, that's not. Sorry, that's my version. All right. He touched her hand and what happened? The fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. In other words, God's greater than the big C cancer, but he actually cares about the little C, a cold, right? God's greater than migraines. And I know this is hard to get our minds around because in the modern world, we see this differently. I understand right now some of you are like, you know, poor Jesus, why didn't he just give her Tylenol? You know, we could have saved a lot of trouble. Jesus didn't see sickness just the way we see it. We see it primarily in terms of the physical, germs or infection, right? Moms, what happened if your kid has has a fever, right? You get children's Tylenol or whatever. Jesus always looks beyond the surface to the spiritual root of illness, which is not always evident through a thermometer. I mean, here he rebukes a high fever, and modern medicine would attribute that to a virus or infection. And you know what? It may be. Sometimes a fever is just a fever, but sometimes it's something deeper. Keep reading. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Some sickness is just the result like we talked about last week, living in a broken world with broken bodies that break down and are prone to infection. But Jesus says, you know what? Some sickness is not just physical. Some sickness is spiritual, demonic in nature. Now don't freak out here, okay? All I'm saying is that where we see problems on the purely medical level, arthritis, glaucoma, That's a learning disability. That's curvature of the spine. We call that scoliosis. Jesus says, no, I'm going to actually do a deliverance here. Jesus saw a spiritual source. God's greater than Satan. That's one of Jesus' messages. So healing prayer covers all of that. Now, and look, I don't know what kind of health care plan that you have. I'm guessing it doesn't include deliverance from demons, right? (laughs) Does Obamacare cover exorcisms, right? Okay. Again, we see on purely the physical level but Jesus actually often discerns satanic strongholds. As Kenneth Leach says in Authority to Heal, he says, the cases in the gospels were of disease that today we'd offer a different explanation. Mental disturbances, epilepsy, convulsions, blindness. But what's crucial is that in all these cases, physical and mental healing was accompanied by the setting free of a person from oppression, from those forces which stunted and distorted his humanity. Again, what is the devil's stated purpose. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy God's children. That includes robbed stealing their health. And Jesus said the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So anytime Jesus heals, understand it is a counterattack on Satan's rule as Christ restores the image of God being robbed from one of God's children. And when his children suffer, God takes it personally. You do. You're a loving mom. What do you do when your kid gets picked on? Why did Jesus heal? Read how Matthew sums it up in verse 17. He says, this is to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our what? Diseases. Christ bore diseases. So if you're suffering today with a disease or an illness, understand this. Jesus personally identifies with your pain. He actually says, I have come. One of the reasons I came is to bear this with you. I want to get personally involved and bringing my healing into your life. And listen, this is what makes Christianity unique among world religions. You know what Hindu says, Hinduism? Hinduism is based around karma, right? What goes around what? Comes around. So Hinduism says if you're sick, you probably deserved it. If you're suffering, you probably did something wrong and now it's just that God's kinda get you back. You know what Islam says? Islam teaches that God has decreed blessing for some and pain for others And there's nothing that you can really do to alter those circumstances. So in Islam, there's no praying for the sick. The idea of praying for a sick person is ludicrous. But the Christian view of the biblical God is that God is our heavenly Father and that he is so concerned about his children's suffering that he sends his only child to enter into our mess and suffer on our behalf. So Jesus suffers physically on a cross. He experiences, in other words, God experiences all of the heartache, all of the trauma, all of the pain we do on a scale we can't quite fathom. And then he says, by his wounds, you are what? Healed. So Jesus' pain had a purpose. So does yours. When Jesus triumphed over death by being raised from the dead, that was God's way of saying, hey, this is your future. A whole, well-healed body restored to what I originally intended. That's what it means to be saved. Did you know that? See, the Greek word for salvation in the New Testament, sozo, And it actually translates to, to heal or to make whole. So Jesus had power over both sin and power over sickness. Do you see how his ministry worked? It wasn't one or the other. It's this double-barreled approach. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and what? Healing every disease and sickness. It was the natural outcome when God's presence is there. The word goes out, the works get performed, sins are forgiven, and sickness is healed. Healing's in God's hands. There's a reason they call Jesus the great physician. He heals body, mind, and soul. That's the quick idea behind why Jesus healed. But you know the main reason that Christ heals today? Look at verse 36. When he saw the crowds, let's say this together, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. See, for God... It always comes back to compassion. It's always about the love of God. Jesus Christ is a God of great compassion and kindness. And when he sees children suffer, when he sees people suffer, he's moved. I told you last week how the the, the word for compassion in the Greek is splagnosomite. It just means your bowels, your intestines. Meaning every time God walked the earth in the form of his servant Jesus and saw people suffering, he was moved. He felt this very powerfully in his guts. And from the depth of his being, Jesus gets moved. It's more than sympathy. Jesus looked out on the ocean of need in the crowd standing before him. He says, I'm going to do something about this. And guys, just to be honest, this time out, this is the main reason that God has prompted me to do this series and why I would like to open a new chapter for us as a church I've been praying, I've been like, Holy Spirit, would you just release the gifts of healing in this church, release your spiritual gifts, because of what I see so many of you suffering through. Sunday after Sunday, I shake your hands, I look in your eyes, I see, I see Ashley, mother of three little girls, she had a brain tumor on her frontal lobe, has that removed, and her left side is still paralyzed, she's right, sitting right here in service, and I see, I saw it, right? We were talking at Camp Rock. And she's crying because she goes, my biggest dream, Tim, my prayer, is that I would, God would give me the strength to hug my girls again and hold them in my arms. You're not moved by that? That's how I feel. How do you think God feels? It moves me. It fills me with compassion. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and Helpless like sheep without a shepherd. A couple of weeks ago, I got a call from a friend on the West Coast, and uh, he and his wife are, are lifelong Christians, very strong believers, like students of the word. They love God, have been in ministry. But his wife struggles with depression, has her whole life, struggled with depression and anxiety, takes meds for bipolar. Her meds are usually very effective and helpful. But this spring, he's like, Tim, depression just has come roaring back on her, and she's now bedridden. She spends days in bed crying and despondent. And I'm talking with her husband, and he's like, Tim, my wife is like non-functional. And his voice is breaking up because he's like, she cries for days, and she has these very dark thoughts. And usually they just go to the doctor, and he you know, changes the the, the medication level, which typically is effective. But it actually got worse. First time in her life, it got worse. And the doctor diagnosed her and said, this is actually treatment-resistant depression. That's a diagnosis that he spoke over her. And what's scariest is she has begun questioning her salvation. She said, I think God has completely departed from me. I actually don't think I'm even saved anymore. I think of all the things I could have done in life for him and haven't done. This woman's an amazing, amazing child of God, daughter of God. She's been a student of scripture her whole life, knows more scripture than I've I've ever memorized. She understands that salvation, it's just a gift from God. She gets, she doesn't earn her way, but now she's being attacked in her mind. She says, I have dreams that Jesus is saying, I never knew you. said, Tim, it's like a mind attack. What's the word here? Harassed. You know what harassed means? It means tormented. It means afflicted. And so I pulled my truck to the side of the road to pray for her, and I'm praying, and then I thought, wait a minute, I have seen this before. Who takes God's word and twists it and distorts it and uses it like a weapon against his children? Satan has been using this strategy from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say, Eve, he slithers up to Jesus in the desert? He quotes scripture out of context all the time. And I just pulled over in my truck, and I was just like, in the name of Jesus, whatever is in her, I break any oppressive spirit. Leave her my sister's body in Jesus' name. And I was just just overcome. I'm just praying and pleading for my sister. And the next day, my brother calls me and he says, hey, good news, dude. She's back. She's up. She's smiling. She's walking around. We're going to go out to dinner tonight. I was like, praise God. See, there's the, phys- there's the physical and the spiritual. You are body, you are mind, and you are soul. And Jesus says, I want to heal all of it. I have power over all of it. I find myself praying for some of you like never before. Because God's given me soft eyes. I see you, and he's flooded me with compassion for our community at Liquid. I see some of you suffering, and I know that you are sick of it. Good news, so is Jesus. God is greater than anxiety. You believe that? God's greater than addiction. God's greater than bipolar. God's greater than back pain, than cancer, depression, emphysema, fibromyalgia. God's greater than glaucoma, heart disease. I could go down the alphabet. But as a lead pastor, I realize my main job spiritually is to literally give room for the Holy Spirit to move in in Jesus' church. Amen? That's what we're going to do today. We're just going to clear room and we're going to say, Jesus, we invite you now to release your healing power. It's funny, I was looking at this one account. I was so convicted. I don't even going to tell you this. All right. I was reading this one account in Luke where the, the woman gets healed on the Sabbath, right? And the church leaders go, who did this? Did you have, gave you permission to do this, Jesus? They're questioning God if he had permission to heal in church. And what I realized is like, you know, I'm like, oh, those silly Pharisees. I'm like, that's partly me, though, That's the religious spirit that wants everything controlled in a neat and tidy little box. So you know what? I repent. I'm like, Lord Jesus, your church, you have permission to heal on the Sabbath. Amen? Jesus has permission to do that. And so we're going to invite him to do that today. Our prayer teams are actually, they arrived early today at your campus. And we've actually been praying for this whole whole room. (laughs) And we are asking God to supernaturally touch some of you today. Just to show his love for you. Just so that you will know that, Jesus, this is not something in your head. The Holy Spirit is real. He has power to touch your life. So you come forward to the stage in a few minutes when I invite you. Take a step of faith. Trust Jesus. Trust the Father. He may want to do a marvelous work in your life. You're going to sit there? Come on. Now, I under, now, time out. I also understand this is a stretch for some of you. Some of you are freaking out. You're not showing it. This is, I get it. I'm one of you. This is out of your comfort zone. This is, it is for me too, by the way, okay? I grew up in a very conservative evangelical church. It was kind of a cessationist church which simply means most people believe that like miracles and signs and gifts and wonders of healing they ceased with the time of the apostles. Like that was for the early church, but we don't we don't really see mirac- miracles today, okay? They ceased. We don't believe in anymore. And so the boldest prayers that we would pray, we still believe like God healed but the boldest prayers would be like, God, would you just guide the doctor's hands? You know? We don't want people to get their hopes up. That's what I grew up with. Then I met my wife, who grew up assemblies of God, Pentecostal church. And it was not just healing, it was tambourines and flags, and you just, you know, just zap, people like everybody gets healed, all right? Frozen chosen me, tappy clappy, is just a collision, right? Quick survey, I just want to understand what I'm dealing with, okay, at all our campuses. How many of you would say, I came from kind of a conservative evangelical background? That's, that's you, okay? About a third of the people here. How many of you grew up Pentecostal, okay, charismatic? Oh, yeah, you're loving it because people are raising hands. You're like, I, know, I love this. This is great. <laughs> you just like that fact. Here's where we're coming from at Liquid. At Liquid, we're trying to bridge the best of both worlds. We want to take the best that each tradition has to offer that is biblically grounded while avoiding extremes, all right? Like some of the emotional excess or that kind of name it and claim it mentality that marks some of our charismatic circles. For instance, one thing you're not going to hear us say is this. It is God's will for every single person to be healed in this life. And if you just have enough faith, God has to do it for you. What is the problem with this? Besides the fact that the mortality rate is still 100%. I checked it, Google. It's very stubborn. The problem is it takes somebody who is already suffering in their body and raises the promise of future healing to the level of guarantee for this life, and then if it doesn't happen, boom, you don't have enough faith. Sorry. So now you're taking somebody who's vulnerable and hurting and injured and heaping guilt and condemnation on top of it. Very, very hurtful. Very, very, it's spiritually abusive. Here's the truth. God heals whoever he pleases on whatever timetable he wants. And every healing in this earth, on this life, is partial and provisional. It is incomplete and it is temporary. Spoiler alert, Hezekiah eventually died. So did my dad. Even Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead, eventually died again, second funeral for Lazarus. All of us will die until Jesus returns, okay? So listen, that's okay. If you're not healed instantly, or gradually, or at all, it's not because God doesn't love you. It's not because there's something flawed in your faith. It's just not what the Father's doing right now. Jesus said, the Son can only do what I see my Father doing. So what we do is we train our prayer teams. We say, can can we be aware, can we actually not wholly hype it up, but dial it down, and right now be aware of what the Holy Spirit is going to do in some of you. And, and And you'll see this, okay? Our job is just to tune in, to the Father's presence and, and try to catch his heart for the person. So we want to have, avoid that holy hype that marks some of our Pentecostal brothers and sisters and yet embrace. Let me tell you what we want to embrace. We want to embrace that sense of expectation. That's what I loved about my wife's church. They're like, God may break in at any moment and his power may pour out and he may do a marvelous thing in our midst. Wouldn't you like to see that? So here's what we're going to do. Before I invite you up for healing prayer, I want to just demonstrate what you can expect. And I actually need a volunteer. We're going to go live, okay? I need somebody who actually would be willing to come up here and let me pray for them right now, Uh, somebody who we haven't talked or something like that. Awesome. Right over here. I saw your hand first. Come on up. Come on up. Give her a hand. Thank you for taking a risk. I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How are you? Good to see you. All right. Now, tell us real quickly. Tell us your full name. I'm Nigerian. Jesus. Okay, help me here. Tell, tell, pronounce your first name one more time. Organicurme. Okay, awesome. So what? <laughs> this is going to be an amazing day. I feel this. I feel this. <laughs> uh, my sister. Thank you, Lord. for my sister. I thank you for her. What is going to happen is when you come up. Have we talked before the service? No. No, because I never would have chosen you no, if you had. No. <laughs> <laughs> I <know>. Honestly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. When you come forward, it's not going to be weird. We're just going to interview. And what I mean when I say interview, we're just going to say what's wrong. So what, what brought you up here? Where is it hurt? What's happening? Nothing physically, but okay. I'm really lonely. Lonely. So, an, yeah. so emotionally. Yeah. Thank you. I, that, no, it's seriously, like all kidding aside, that you okay. would come up here. for That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then what we're going to do is after we interview, and we're going to ask permission. I kind of violated that. I already put my hand on your shoulder. <laughs> but... We're going to ask you if we can, because a lot of times when we pray for people, what we'll do is sometimes put our hand, is that okay if I put my hand on your do? You can touch the hair. I love it. (laughs) You may not touch mine. Okay. I just. We're just going to ask permission. We're not going to get weird, okay, or funky. And then we're going to pray, okay? We're going to pray. And what we're going to do is we just want to catch the Father's heart for my sister, we want to invite the Holy Spirit to minister to her in Jesus' name. And so that's why I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you right now, yep. okay? Join me in praying, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for my sister. What a joy. I am so glad that she is the first person, Father. I thank you for her. In Jesus' name, you created her. She's your daughter, God. I thank you that, um, Lord, in our church, we have people from all nations, every tribe and tongue. And I thank you, Lord, for your church in Nigeria. I thank you that you brought together New Jersey and Nigeria this morning. God my sister right now, just even in her heart, you gave her bold faith, God, that she would come up here and share this. And I pray you do something very powerful in her life. God, that loneliness, would you tell her right now at the deepest place of her soul that she is not alone, that you are with her and you will never leave her and forsake her. God, that you have a plan for her, a purpose, a destiny in your kingdom, God, and that you've chosen her and decided to do something incredible, Lord, in her life. This is the beginning of that, God. Thank you, Father God. I praise you, Father God. Would you like to pray? Do you want to pray right now? Okay. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do in my sister's life. God, I ask that this church would be a place of healing for her. That when she feels alone, she would know she has brothers and sisters who love her, God. That she won't be able to get rid of us, Father God. God. And I even pray, Father God, for the deepest place. I pray on behalf of every single person in our church, Father, who feels lonely, who she represents right now, God. Would you let them know that you have plans and a purpose and plans to prosper them and bless them, Father God? I pray for for spouses, Lord, for marriages, for incredible things, Lord, new families of God in this church. Lord, I thank you for my sister. Would you honor her faith today in in your name, Father, I ask. Amen. 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 Thank you that you would come on up today. Yeah. It's, <laughs> what we do is after we pray, for, yeah, give her a hand. I, thank you. Thank you for coming up today. Thank, awesome. you. thank you. That's it. That's all we're doing. And, and for those of you who are, have a physical illness or an ailment, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of assess kind of how that's helping you. On a scale of 1 to 10, how, how are we doing? Because a lot of times when we pray for people, you actually will see the Holy Spirit move physically in people. They may say, I I feel like kind of hot right now. What's happening? And then we're going to follow up. We're going to say, well, what's God's next step for you? You know, whether it's counseling or whatever it is. And understand this. Healing may be instantaneous or gradual. That's okay. You come back next week. Next week, we're actually going to anoint the sick with oil. I'm going to kind of teach what the Bible says about anointing the sick with oil. And then we're going to do that. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit just to pour out his power so we can see the kingdom. And and you know what I'm discovering? Here's what I'm discovering as I pray. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm doing this more and more. The more I pray, the more power I see from God. You've got, you've got. Faith is spelled R I S K. (laughs) She took a risk to come up here, didn't she? I took a risk to pray for her. Okay. At staff meeting, I was demonstrating. I was like trying to get the staff to understand what was going to happen on Sunday, so I did this prayer training for our staff. And I said, "Who wants? Would someone like me to pray for them?" And Roseanne, a woman in our finance department comes up. I said, Roseanne, what's going on? And she's like, my neck. She goes, I have very limited range of motion. She's had whiplash and spinal condition for 40 years. And I said, so what we're going to do for Roseanne? And literally, I'm explaining this. And she just goes, oh, Lord. Okay. Wow. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't start praying yet. She goes, thank you, Jesus. What? Oh, this is wonderful. I'm, th- I'm like, nothing it what (laughs) that's the holy spirit do you understand that the holy it's invisible it's a wind you see and so it's nothing you have in your hands there's no magic incantation there's no special formula we're not going to do anything but we're going to invite the presence of god and then the presence of god is going to minister to you so let me do this what 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 i simply want to do is invite you to take a risk today and allow god to minister through his people you may have come today and you're like, man, I wasn't going to come on up. But you, you come on up. Take a risk. Let's see what God is going to do. So what I'm going to do is this. First, I'm going to invite our spiritual care teams. They, at every single campus, would you stand on up and would you guys come forward? Because these are the folks who are going to be ministering to you today. They are incredible people. Oftentimes, they're arriving here early to pray for you before you've even gotten your coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. And they were praying for you this morning. And again, Nothing special but they've been asking God all weekend, would you do something and just minister out of compassion to your people? All right, they're going to stand under the side screens. And as they assemble, I'm going to invite you in a minute to come forward for healing prayer. Could be physical, could be emotional, could be mental. I received a request from a woman this week who, um, she was like, my husband has been struggling with a drug addiction. He had a relapse again. My marriage is in trouble. We believe God's greater than addiction. So you, whatever the need is, you come forward, all right? Let us minister to you. And if you don't have a need for prayer today, listen, that is fine. You sit there. You observe. You just or pray along. Pray along. But listen, if you're skeptical, this is out of your comfort zone. I'm going to ask you, resist the temptation to judge. Don't be a judger. If this is new to you, just watch and observe what God's doing. Try to catch Christ's compassion for people and be open to how his spirit works, all right? Let's bow our heads and pray, and then I'm going to invite you down for prayer. Father, I thank you right now. We boldly come into your presence as children adopted through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are a healer. We just proclaim that. Father, you know every single need in this church, and I ask you, would you release your healing power in the name of Jesus Christ? Come, Holy Spirit, stretch out your hand to heal God. Perform marvelous signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. Not to to help us, Lord, but to glorify Christ. Would you let us see his reality? Jesus, would you forgive me for being so cautious at times and playing it safe, worried what might happen or people think? You just have full permission right now. This is your church. I return it to you. Release the miraculous gifts and your healing among your people. Let incredible things happen and us see Jesus more clearly. We believe there's healing in your hands. So, Father, open the floodgates, pour out your spirit, and let us feel and experience your love and power. And all God's people agree together. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com